Hello, greetings everyone. It's good to be with you again in this uh, series of recovery topics. Uh, each week, try to put out a new topic for your consideration, new episode in this series that we started um, uh, earlier this year due to COVID when we closed our groups down, uh, when we're not able to meet in the office as group uh, in group format. And so we're putting these issues out that have to do with general recovery from addictions, but also from things like mental illnesses and um, attachments to other issues, afflictions, uh, relationship issues that people may have, um, recovery from all of these things. Uh, in a general sense, you know, recovery in the human condition, if you will. And so today's topic is trauma. Before we get to that, we always like to start uh, with an opening prayer. We call upon the Holy Spirit. Um, in this opening prayer, we also include just a brief few seconds of stillness and quiet uh, to allow yourself to put your focus here on this issue, this topic, this content, and allow the, the concerns of the world, you know, the, your, your fears, your stress, anxieties, problems of the world to kind of take a back seat for a little bit uh, so that you may focus here. Uh, we can always go back to those things afterward, um, but it sometimes helps to clear, to clear our mind a little bit from all these distractions um, to sense the Lord's peace uh, coming in. We encounter God in stillness and quiet. It's why it's good to have that in part in our lives and in part uh, where, wherever we can so we begin our opening prayer in this, this mode of silence. So we begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, we call upon you now to join us in this session in a special way as we seek your wisdom and your healing. Encourage and inspire us with clear thinking, understanding, and truth. Fill us with the deep and satisfying fire of your love. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Very good. So... Um, some of you may be watching on the Grazia Plena YouTube Dr. Ken channel, uh, and you can see the PowerPoint slides. If you like visual learning, if that's your thing, then maybe the uh, the, the YouTube uh, video might be good for you. Um, if you just like auditory learning, just want to listen to the audio part of this this program. It's available on podcasts, and the, pod, the name of the podcast is called Encounter with Dr. Ken, and it's on all these different platforms, um, whichever is the, is the podcast platform that you might use. So it's on Anchor, Breaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. It's on Spotify, Overcast, Radio Public, Pocket Cast. Um, if, if, if you like podcasts, maybe because you listen while you're driving to work or something like that, then perhaps that's your thing. So we're happy to have you join us either way. And you can always uh, go back and look at the old episodes too. I think there were a couple of a couple of podcast episodes where we lost the audio. Um, maybe one day I'll re-record those. Um, but but uh, you should find all the other old ones there in place. So last time, if you were with us, uh, we covered the topic of acceptance. Uh, the definition of acceptance that we used was uh, willfully and consciously recognizing the reality of a situation one is experiencing without trying to change or control it. So if I'm stuck in a traffic jam in Houston, Texas, which happens a lot, um, I might 
work on acceptance because I can't clear the cars out of the way. I have to wait my turn. Um, it may be making me late for some event, um, but I can't change it. And so I make a conscious decision. I make a decision that I'm going to accept what the reality is of this traffic jam and uh, release any frustration, release any upset over it, uh, let it just be as it is. That's kind of what we're talking about acceptance. We're not really, we weren't really talking about so much of, of like accepting people or having people accept me. That wasn't so much our our focus, but this idea of acceptance in this in this way in this light. Um, we clarified last time that acceptance is not being passive, it's not being weak. It's not giving up or giving in, but it's done out of prudence and wisdom. So it's done uh, with the knowledge that it's good for me to accept something that I cannot change. Um, it's healthy. It, it protects me spiritually and psychologically to do that. And so it's, it's a decision that I make uh, that's a good decision, a healthy decision for me. Um, uh, we talked about the idea that acceptance was really critical uh, in the 12-step world, it still is today, uh, but from almost the very beginning, uh, the, 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 the wisdom of those people forming the 12-step approach in Alcoholics Anonymous, they recognized how important acceptance was and they made it integral into their recovery process, the 12-step approach. Um, in the big book, which is the Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, it's usually blue, it's the, uh, the big book, that explains the program that everyone uses who works that program. Um, there's a chapter uh, which is written by Dr. Paul, who's a recovering alcoholic. Um, Dr. Paul's story initially in the early versions of the big book, it was called Dr. Alcoholic Addict. But I think around the, the fourth, maybe it was the fourth edition, um, they changed the title of that chapter uh, and it was called Acceptance Was the Answer. And so you can actually find that in the big book today um, you may even be able to find the chapter online someplace where you can read it. It's uh, Dr. Paul's uh, testimony, and he, he talks about acceptance towards the end, especially as a very interesting uh, uh, chapter, a good chapter. Um, uh, one of the reasons that acceptance is so important in the recovery process is because refusing to accept has drastic consequences. Uh, refusing to accept uh, life as it is uh, may cause us depression, anxiety. It may cause us anger, resentment, frustration. It may cause us uh, damage in our relationships and so on. So there's really uh, a pretty difficult, uh, pretty, uh, pretty serious issues if we, if we fight reality, if we fight what's happening to us and we don't simply accept it. Um, the serenity prayer that's that's used uh, traditionally in the 12-step world. Uh, the full serenity prayer is quite beautiful, by the way, if you want to look it up. Um, but you, I'm sure you know this part, you know, the, God grant me the serenity or the grace to accept the things I cannot change. Um, and so there's that word, accept. Um, and then the full prayer also includes accepting hardship as the pathway to peace as, as part of that prayer. And so um, it just really is a key uh, aspect or consideration as we go through the recovery process. But today we're going to focus on trauma. Um, the terms trauma and PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, these things are widely and wildly used in our culture. So um, people talk about trauma a lot. It's become a big deal in, in the professional psychology world, but just in, in popular culture too, and people often will, will say they have trauma or PTSD, but they're, they're talking about anything and everything. And so um, I mean, it's good that we recognize that trauma is so widespread. Um, it's, it's bad in a sense that, that we mislabel things as PTSD. You know, some, somebody says, um, oh, you know, I left, you know, I, I'm, I'm in high school, right? I'm a high school student. And they say, oh, I left my homework. At, at home, and um, the teacher said I, I was going to get an F for the assignment, and so now I have PTSD. So that's not exactly, you know, what we're talking about when we're talking about trauma and PTSD, although 
it may have been very distressing for the teacher to give you a F because you left your homework at home. So anyway, we're gonna we're gonna try to focus on just a, a briefly today what trauma is all about. Um, we we began talking about trauma in psychology really more in the 1970s as the Vietnam veterans were coming home, and um, some of them were having problems uh, from the trauma that they experienced in the war. And so uh, we we developed this this uh, understanding of, of PTSD at that time began to study it and work on it. We're still studying it and working on it. It's, it's, uh, tra trauma has become really a great focus in the world of professional psychology um, lately in, in the past uh, five years or so, and we're seeing a, kind of a renewed interest in it. I think that's a good thing. Um, here is the definition that SAMHSA, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Association, the national organization of our government, this is the definition that they use for trauma. Here it goes. Individual trauma results from an event, series of events, or set of circumstances that is experienced by an individual as physically or emotionally harmful or threatening, and that has lasting adverse effects on the individual's functioning and physical, social, emotional, or spiritual well-being. Wow, what a definition. Uh, let's break this down just a little bit. Um, so it says that trauma revolts, uh, results from an event, series of events, or set of circumstances. So um, in other words, trauma comes from something that happens. So uh, it's not just out of the blue. Uh, it, it is attached to something that happens to us or something that we're involved in. Um, second part, it says trauma is experienced by an individual. And the reason this is important is because each individual person experiences their events, series of events or circumstances in a different way. Um, so for example, in Houston, we had the terrible flooding uh, three years ago from Hurricane Harvey. Um, so many people in Houston were affected by this. Um, some of them had very similar experiences or events happen to them, but they, they experienced it in different ways. So one person might have been traumatized by their house flooding. Another person had their house flooded and they weren't traumatized. So, so that's why we, we think in terms of trauma as having an individual experience. Each, each person's experience may be similar, but each person's experience is individual particular to them and depends on a lot of things having to do them, with them. Um, we think in terms of trauma as having lasting adverse effects. Um, so if a person has a, a brief reaction to a, an event, a series of events or circumstances that was, that was very anxiety provoking for them, distressing for them, if it only lasts a month, which is bad enough, you know, a month is certainly a lot of suffering happens in one month, but if, if that trauma um, happens for a brief amount of time, a month or two, and then it kind of goes away and the person continues in their life in their normal manner, uh, we, we call that something different than PTSD. We might call it an acute stress syndrome or something like that. So um, when we're talking about PTSD or trauma, we're talking about lasting adverse effects, effects that last months and years um, and impacts the person in that way long term. Um, and then the last piece of the definition that I want to spotlight is this idea that it has effects on the individual's functioning. So it impacts their ability to work, to enjoy life, maybe their relationships and so on. Um, and it, and it, impacts, it impacts their functioning in several different areas usually. So it Hello, greetings friends. I'm Dr. Ken from Grazia Plena and this is the recovery uh, recovery series on issues that have to do with general recovery. So these are things like um, 
that deal with addictions, which is usually what we think of, you know, when we're we're talking about recovery, recovery from addictions. Um, But we also deal with recovery from mental illness. We're thinking of recovery from unhealthy attachments to, you know, it could be people, places, or things. So it could include all these uh, different topics. And we think of recovery in general also as just having to do with our human condition, that that uh, we're all sinners, that uh, that we're in this state of, of, of seeking perfection, sanctification, uh, according to what God would have for us. And uh, and so you could say that all of us in the human state are in a, in a process of recovery. So that's the way that we look at recovery in this series. Now today's topic is HALT. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but what we always like to do in the beginning is to take a little time for stillness and quiet and prayer, and then we'll get to our topic. Uh, we, we like to have stillness and quiet because uh, this allows us to be open to the Holy Spirit and, and to be able to clear our mind from other distractions, concerns, fears, anxieties, anger, things that may take us away from uh, being able to, to learn something new and to uh, be moved in our heart and transformed. So let's take just a few moments to uh, to be still and quiet and to put our focus here and now. So we pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, we call upon you now to join us in this session, in this discussion, in a special way. We ask for your wisdom and your healing. Encourage and inspire us with clear thinking, understanding, and truth. And fill us with the deep and satisfying fire of your love. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, um... If you're watching on the YouTube video channel, which you can find by uh, searching Grazia, Grazia Plana Dr. Ken um, on YouTube, uh, you can see the slide, the PowerPoint slides that go along with the, the, uh, the uh, audio part. But if you're just tuning in on audio only on podcasts, um, you can find those on Anchor, Apple Podcast Breaker, uh, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Overcast Radio Public, those platforms uh, and, the, and the series is called on those uh, podcasts, Encounter with Dr. Ken. And you'll see the Grazia Plana White pickup truck um, there when you search it up. Um, so we're happy to have you join us, whether you just like to listen to the audio or whether you like the visual uh, aspect with the slides. Either way, you're welcome. We welcome you. So last episode, we talked about trauma, and um, we noted as we started that trauma and PTSD are professional terms with specific meanings. Of however, the culture uses them really uh, in, in very strange ways, very broad ways that are not uh, very helpful, kind of create misunderstanding about these very serious things, trauma and PTSD. Um, So we looked at a definition of trauma. We went over that. Uh, We also looked at the potential causes of trauma, of real trauma. Uh, We talked about what are some of the common human responses to uh, the experience of trauma, which uh, sometimes involve, um, you know, emotional distress, maybe even mental illnesses. Uh, It's common for people to self-medicate trauma. Uh, in unhealthy ways, such as as with uh, drugs and alcohol or other things that can lead to addictions, pornography, for example. Um, So we looked at those responses to trauma, uh, the different types of trauma, and then why trauma is important in recovery work. We we frequently encounter trauma issues uh, when a person comes into recovery, like, for example, counseling or spiritual direction. A person comes in 
you know, to talk about their relationship with God, or they come in to talk about depression. And then as, as we uh, do the, the evaluation to get started in the intake process, um, we find that there may be some trauma, or as the, as the spiritual direction is unfolding over weeks and months, or the counseling, um, we may encounter that there's a trauma issue that we really hadn't recalled or thought about in the beginning. And so then we um, begin to deal with that trauma issue if it seems like that's necessary and important. Um, working on trauma issues is pretty safe. Um, when you're working with a person that's a trained professional, uh, keep in mind there's, there's a lot of uh, different options, the way that people seek help. Sometimes they go to, to a friend, a family member, they may go to a priest or someone at church. Um, sometimes people these days look up coaches um, really just about anybody can call yourself a coach these days where you, whether you have any training experience or, or even any competence. So uh, you might find a good coach, but you might find a coach that's not helpful or maybe even harmful. Um, but some professionals these days in the mental health world have very specific training on working with trauma issues uh, and is particularly effective. And and so we wanted to make sure that people understood by the end of the of the episode last time that there's always hope. There's there's always hope for healing because our God is an awesome and powerful God, um, and He can bring the healing and provide people in our lives that can help us get that healing. So we want to always believe there's hope for every person. Never give up hope. Um, so today's episode is H A L T. HALT, and so let's talk about what is the what is HALT, what the heck are we doing here with HALT, what does that mean? Um, HALT is a commonly used term or topic in the addictions recovery community, but we can all benefit in our recovery no matter what we're struggling with. Um, we can all benefit from this notion of HALT. So what is HALT? What is you know, all we've had this, I've tried to build up a little drama here, so you might be wondering what HALT is if you don't know already. So here we go. HALT stands for Hungry, Angry, Lonely, Tired, HALT. Um, and it's, uh, again, it's something that people that are in the 12-step community, they hear about these things in their meetings and working with sponsors and so forth. It's, it's a good topic. Um, these are emotional and physical states of stress that create vulnerability in us and that's why it's been part of of the 12-step addiction recovery work uh, halt causes people to relapse and so um, that's why we deal with it in this context um, are there other emotional and physical states besides these that can create vulnerabilities and relapse? Well, of course, there's a lot of states, but these are pretty common ones, and these are pretty significant ones, and that's why we talk about them. Um, this vulnerability um, can lead to impulsive decisions, poor decisions, impulsive decisions that get us in trouble, and they can also lead to impulsive behavior, poor behavior, um, including self-medication, and so that's why we deal with this issue in recovery. Um, we know that there's a, a strong connection between nutrition, so if we're talking about H for hunger first. There's a strong connection between nutri nutrition and how we think, our ability to think clearly. And so um, sometimes you may, if you've got kids in school recent, in recent years, you know the day that they have the standard test what do they do? The schools feed the kids a good breakfast or they tell the parents, hey, give your kids some good breakfast because they're going to take these standard tests and we want our kids to perform well. That's because there's a strong connection between nutrition and cognition. If the kid comes to school and they haven't had any breakfast, uh, they're not going to think, they're not going to have their best thinking and, per and perform well on, the, on those tests or whatever they might be trying to learn that day. Uh, so we also know this uh, for us adults too, but we often neglect our nutrition um, and then we may not be performing as well at school and work and, and uh, in our daily activities. And there's also a very strong connection between nutrition and emotion. Um, we, we may find ourselves 
of feeling down, anxious, or any other kinds of emotions just simply because we're hungry, because we haven't had some good food, or sometimes we may be allergic to a food, um, and because of that food allergy, we find ourselves angry or anxious or something. It's, it's a connection between uh, the food or the lack of food and our emotional states. Um, we also know that there's a strong connection between nutrition and behavior, and so um, we see this with kids again, you know, kids that haven't had uh, something to eat and they're getting in trouble. They're, they're you know, acting up, uh, they can't sit still, whatever, because of their, uh, their nutrition. This is also true for adults. Um, sometimes when a, a, a person will come in and meet with me <clears throat> and they'll say, oh, you know, yesterday, Dr. Ken, I had this terrible blow up with my spouse at home um, and here's what happened. They describe everything to me. And so I, I sometimes ask them, well, you know, as we're trying to understand what happened, you know, tell me about your nutrition for that day. And uh, the person might say, well, I, I, I was so busy at work. I didn't, I didn't get breakfast before I raced out of the house. Um, I didn't stop at work for lunch. Um, and so guess what? You know, they go home and as soon as they get home, they're stressed, tired. They have had nothing to eat all day, and of course they have a fight with their wife um, or, or husband. It's, it's uh, not surprising, really, because lack of nutrition going on there. Um, I love the Snickers commercials uh, because the Snickers commercials kind of make, make fun of this to sell their product, this candy bar. Um, they make fun of this notion of when you're hungry, you're not yourself. And so they have these commercials where the person is actually somebody else, and then they give them a Snicker bar, and then magically they change back to who they are. Um, so that's a little bit dramatic, but it, that's the point of their of their advertising is to catch your attention, to give you some humor. Um, and this, this little um, image here, you can see that the person that uh, did the Snickers image misspelled Snickers because you're, you're, not, you're not at your best thinking when um when you're hungry and, and so uh, i always kind of have a reminder of that when i see those very entertaining uh snickers commercials i don't know if snickers is the best nutrition but uh i think you're getting my point um so let's go to a for anger so sustained uh this means you know anger over a period of time um, not like a five second angry burst uh, but you know a sustained anger an unhealthy anger, um, and, and there can be healthy anger, yeah. So if I see somebody push down a little old lady in the street, then yeah, I might get angry with that, and that's justified anger, that's a healthy anger. It prompts me to go over and help her and make the uh, bad person go away that did that to her, so that's a healthy anger. But unhealthy anger is, is you know some resentment, some lack of forgiveness that we're holding on to, Maybe it bothers us over a period of time. So sustained, unhealthy anger. It's physically stressful, so it raises our blood pressure. Um, all kinds of problems in the body happen from sustained, uh, unhealthy anger, including heart attacks and, and uh, the breakdown of our immune system and so forth. Um, but so it's physically stressful and it's, and it's kind of unpleasant. Uh, there's a natural instinct in us, unconsciously even, uh, to, self, to self-medicate, maybe even not being aware of it, uh, to self-medicate this anger. We may drink over it to, to try to minimize it, turn it down. Uh, we might eat, eat food over it. We might uh, go off and surf pornography to soothe uh, unhealthy, sustained anger. So, uh, you know, we think of anger as being something to really watch out for. It's going to be hard to be sober and have a successful recovery um, if you're living in a state of anger all the time. And I have to say, in our current American culture, we have an epidemic. We have a big problem with anger. It seems like that's the thing to do these days is just be angry about everything, politics and racism and so forth. Yes, some of this anger may be justified if there's injustices, of course, um, but it seems like sometimes we're just looking for a good reason to be angry because we just want to be angry. It's just baffling and it's not healthy for us. It leads to all other kind of mental illnesses and addictions. So 
Uh, if, if America, if we're going to get healthy, we have to figure out how to manage our anger, right? Good grief. Uh, so let's go to the L, loneliness. So some solitude is important. Uh, it's, it's really good for us to, to sometimes uh, be alone and quiet to pray and meditate and relax. Uh, that's very healthy for us. Um, but, but as human beings, we're really designed, we're created for, for intimacy, for connection with others. And so if we find ourselves uh, lonely, um, not connecting with others, that too can make us vulnerable uh, to want to self-medicate that, that loneliness. And so loneliness sometimes is a big trigger uh, for acting out behavior like like with pornography or, or alcohol or drugs, uh, food. So, um, so that, uh, that loneliness can be a big trigger for us. We have to watch out for that too. Finally, being tired. We can be tired emotionally, right? Emotional tired. Uh, we can be tired mentally. And we can be tired physically, of course, lack of sleep. And so, um, you know, we can, we can watch out for these different emotional, mental, and physical tiredness that also leaves us vulnerable. So people are especially prone to acting out, to relapsing falls and slips um, in the evening if they're tired and worn out from the day. Uh, and so we have to be on guard for that. It's a big reason that people stumble in their recovery. Just a few more things about HALT. So. Um, what's the deal with halt? So we need to we need to take care of ourselves. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. We need to take care of these things. Take care of ourselves. Healthy sleep, healthy nutrition, some exercise, uh, not overworking, um, uh, working on getting rid of resentments. Um, all these things. Uh, these are in the category of good, healthy self care. Uh, we don't want to be self-preoccupied, right? But we do, we do need to pay attention to what's going on with us, to monitor for HALT, um, and, and to notice when things are getting out of whack, uh, because really this is about prevention. What we're trying to do is we're trying to prevent relapses that disrupt our recovery. Uh, we're trying to, to prevent those slips and falls uh, that are coming from these uh, stress states of HALT. Um, so we want to take care of them. We want to not let ourselves fall into these things uh, ahead of time before they happen. If we find ourselves through our self-monitoring, if we notice that we're hungry, we forgot to eat, uh, if we notice that we're tired, we're trying to do too much in one day, then we try to pay quick attention to these things and address the issues as, as soon as we can so that we get out of these unpleasant uh, emotional states that leave us vulnerable. Um, and if we do have slips and falls, it might be very good and helpful for us to review them. We should always review every slip and fall to see what we can learn from it. Um, if, if we fall back into depression, if we fall back into cigarette smoking or something, we're trying to quit smoking. So um, anytime we have slips or falls, we try to review what happened and see what may have caused it. Sometimes we find it, it's H-A-L-T, one of those or some combination of those might have contributed to our slip or fall. And so then we're, you know, we're, we're paying attention like, okay, well, I got to I got to make sure I get good nutrition during the day um, or I got to make sure I'm getting adequate rest, not staying up till two o'clock in the morning playing video games or whatever. So we, we review the slips and falls to identify the problem areas so we can prevent them the next time in the future. Um, if, if we're in recovery with other people, so maybe we're working recovery programs together, that's really a great way to do it, by the way. Um, we want to give each other encouragement and in the process of recovery all all Christians are supposed to encourage each other um, we want to have healthy self-care uh, and sometimes it's difficult for us to do that ourselves but if somebody's encouraging and reminding us of that if we remind each other then um, sometimes it's easier to do that and so uh, we can buddy up you know with a recovery buddy and 
and have better success that way through encouragement and and uh, and encouraging each other to do uh, what we need to do. Um, so that's our little topic for HALT today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Maybe you can take something away from it, uh, especially if you've never heard about HALT before. So there you go. Um, we like to let people know that on our website, graziaplanacounseling.org, uh, there's a resource list. Um, it especially has a lot of resources for those that are struggling with uh, pornography, infidelity, promiscuity, those kinds of uh, sexual acting out behaviors, compulsive sexual behaviors. We see so much of that at, uh, at our office that uh, we have especially good list of resources on our website. There's other resources um, on that uh, website page as well, some for COVID and so forth. Um, so these are websites, articles, books, suggestions, and so forth um, for you to make use of in terms of recovery resources. So let's wrap up as we always do with our closing prayer to St. Michael the Archangel in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who roam throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, next, uh, next time uh, will be our final topic for this season, for 2020. I think this will be the 25th episode, maybe, for this series. Uh, we'll see if we pick it up next year or not. Um, but we have the holidays coming up. We're super busy at Gracia Plana, so we're going to attend to those things um, in November and December. Um, we welcome your sharing these videos or podcasts. They'll stay up. They're not going to go anyway. You can always, anywhere, you're gonna, you can always go back and look at them again. Or if you missed some, you can go back and check them out. Uh, the final topic uh, that we'll do next time is reviewing our plans. So early in this series, we talked about making a plan of recovery. And so uh, next time, we'll talk about how to go back and review the plan and see how it's going. Last, uh, last thing that we mention is our uh, donations uh, page that's on our website. It's also the place where people pay for their services uh, Sometimes if they're receiving te telehealth services, which is what we're doing a lot of this year. Um, GraziaPlanaCounseling.org, um, there's an e-giving page. Um, if you go to our website and look at the top, there's a blue banner that says donate. You can click on that. That takes you to the e-giving page where you can put your credit card in. If you've got a cell phone, you can snap the uh, QR code here. That will take you there as well. Uh, we invite you to make a little donation to support our work because Grazia Plena is a, an official 501c3 faith-based nonprofit charity. Um, the service fees that we collect for spiritual direction and uh, for, for our counseling uh, services, those don't cover our expenses. And so we require uh, money from individual donors like you, as well as grants and uh, parish support that helps us stay afloat. So thank you for anything you might want to give today. These uh, videos are certainly um, free. We want them to be free, but if you feel so moved to chip in something, we're happy to have you do that. Uh, so that's the, that's the presentation in this episode. We hope you've enjoyed it, and uh, maybe we'll tune in with us next time. God bless you. Stay safe and healthy. Bye now. Hello, greetings everyone. Uh, I'm Dr. Ken, and I am happy to be here with you for this uh, final episode of the, uh, the first season on this series on recovery issues, where we focus on uh, various aspects of general recovery. So this could be recovery from addictions, it could be recovery from mental illness, physical illness, uh, other afflictions, unhealthy relationships and attachments, and 
um, even sinful issues, sinful behavior that as Christians we're trying to uh, to change and clean up. We consider all Christians really in recovery in a sense uh, in our journey of sanctification, becoming holy as our Father in heaven is holy. And so um, uh, we're going to take a pause after this episode uh, and then maybe we'll continue after the holidays next year. We'll see. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this series if you've been following along with us and, and we'll do a wrap up at the end of today. Uh, but as we always do at the beginning, we'd like to start with a, a few moments of stillness and quiet. Um, there's so much noise in the world today. We have political elections and violence and we've got uh, COVID and other stresses like work and family issues. So um, it's good for us to, to pause, to gather our thoughts uh, for the focus that we're going to have in this, this session. Let the other concerns take a back seat for now. And, um, uh, and then we'll start with our topic for today. So let's pause just briefly for a moment of silence, and then we'll have our opening prayer together. So we pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we call upon you now to join us in this meeting in a special way. We ask for your wisdom and healing. Uh, encourage and inspire us with clear thinking, understanding, and truth. And fill us with the deep and satisfying fire of your love. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Very good. So... Uh, some of you may be listening to the audio-only portion on the podcast. Um, our podcast uh, channel, if you will, is called Encounter with Dr. Ken. You can find it on a number of different platforms, Anchor and Apple Podcasts, Breaker, all these different places. Uh, some of you may be watching on the YouTube video, and you can see the slides, uh, and, and you can find the YouTube video channel by searching up um, Grazia Plena Dr. Ken. You should be able to find us that way. Um, and you're welcome to look at the old episodes as well, um, both of those platforms. Uh, we did have a few technical issues with some of the podcast sessions, um, but I think you can find most of them there. Uh, so last episode, we talked about HALT. What is HALT? HALT uh, comes from the 12-step recovery community from uh, starting with Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, it stands for hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. And last time we talked about um, HALT as being so important in um, addictions recovery, but it's also equally important in recovery from uh, physical illness, physical, mental illnesses, all kinds of things. Um, so that's why it's a good topic for our series. Um, HALT involves uh, self-care and self-monitoring. So um, if you take care of yourself well, you eat well, you do get some exercise, sleep, you sleep adequately, um, you kind of manage your emotions in a healthy way, uh, this keeps us uh, more on track with the lives that we're trying to lead. Uh, it keeps us kind of away from sin, from uh angry episodes and self-medication and so forth, uh, getting too stressed out. So um, really prevention is key uh, to do this self-care. Um, and then when we're self-monitoring, we can quickly give attention to these things. So we may recognize that we're hungry and so we get something to eat so we can uh, feel better. And then this decreases the chance that we'll have slips and falls and setbacks and sin and so forth. Um, and so this uh, monitoring these points are important. If we have slips and falls, 
and, and we're not accomplishing the goals that we see, um, we can always look back on what happened to try to understand it better. Not, not so that we'll feel uh, we'll be full of shame and unhealthy guilt, but, but that in, in, the, in the healthy guilt, we'll look and try to understand what happened so that we can correct it for the future. Um, and sometimes when we review our slips and falls and uh, our sinful behavior, then we can see hungry, angry, lonely, tired, that we had fallen into some of those things. So we want to encourage each other uh, for health, health, healthy self-care and self-monitoring. Uh, those are the kinds of things that we talked about last time. If you're interested in that episode, feel free to go back and check it out. Um, so today we're wrapping up with the idea of reviewing our plans. Um, in episode two of this season, a few months ago, uh, we talked about making a plan as we're getting started in our recovery. Um, and we, we uh, identified setting up SMART goals that would help us make a lasting change. Um, SMART stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant, and Time-Bound. So as we put things in our, our plan of change, uh, we want to try to remember these criteria um, as we set our goals and put actions into place. Um, so the idea of having a plan, you know, to set some goals up is that uh, every three months you might review it, pull it out, dust it off, um, see how you're doing on your goals, and then you can make adjustments and update the plan. We'll talk about that today, how, how we might do that, what it might actually look like. We'll use some examples. Um, the idea of working on goals, having some goals in your life is really important. It's also part of our Christian tradition um, to, to work on developing the virtues, uh, to work on eliminating sin from our life with God's help. Uh, so it's an ongoing process. Uh, we're on a journey um, in identifying a, a plan, some actions that we're trying to take, some changes we're making in our lives. This is part of the, the process of uh, a Christian life. Um, I like this notion that comes from the 12-step world community of uh, keep it simple. Um, they, they say something else besides Sam on the last S, but I'll keep it clean here. Uh, keep it simple, Sam, kiss. Uh, and we'll remember this as we do our plans. We'll try to keep a, a simple plan. We don't want anything too complicated. You might even find the examples I'm giving today too complicated, but I'm doing them just for illustration. Um, one of the important things about our changing our behavior is to be accountable for that. Um, I remember when I was taking an addictions class in graduate school, a uh, good professor, uh, Bob Craig, Dr. Bob, uh, suggested that when um, an addict is making a change, like somebody who wants to quit smoking, the best, they, they, the best thing that they can do as they've decided to quit smoking is to tell everybody they know. Um, tell their spouse, to tell their friends, their kids, their boss, tell everybody, hey, I'm quitting smoking. And, and that builds in some accountability to the change that they're trying to make and others around them can hopefully encourage them. Um, and so that's an example of being accountable. Um, so we're gonna talk about reviewing plans today. Um, and I'm gonna see if I can switch uh, the screen that I am sharing with you. Uh, so this is a tricky thing for uh, for the technology here. Let's see if we can switch the screen that we're sharing. So let's see. So I'm going to switch to this other this other plan. See, it's not this one, so let me try again. Sorry for the technical issues. Okay, this is what we want to see here. So, um, this is an example of a of a plan. Um, the the part that's in the black um, is what we had before three months ago part that's in the red uh, has to do with reviewing the plan. So this is a made up plan. This is not anybody's real plan. We wouldn't do that for confidentiality's sake. So 
client's name is somebody, the date of the plan is sometime, and uh, this plan was made, we'll say, three months ago. Now, today, we're reviewing it. Um, the first part of the plan, uh, we identified uh, strengths that the person may have. So uh, maybe they have a sense of humor. They've got an internal desire to change. Um, maybe they have a good, solid spiritual foundation to build on. Um, maybe one of their strengths is that they make friends easily um, and that uh, they've had positive experiences in recovery in the past um, and that they, they have an openness to self-examination and feedback. Uh, examination is not spelled right, but that's okay. Um, and then they've also realized in the past three months, as we talk about their plan and reviewing it together, uh, they added uh, that they've joined a walking group in the mornings, a group of people in their neighborhood, they walk together. So they joined that, that's a strength now. Uh, and they've been going to Emotions Anonymous and they've started to make some friends in Emotions Anonymous. And so they've, they've added that as a strength now in their plan. Um, so here's, here's the first part of the plan. Um, and it involves um, some targets for change. And, and so this plan has three targets. They're gonna target physical health, um, mental health, and spiritual health. And so um, each target has a goal. So we're gonna start with the physical health first. Um, and their goal that they had three months ago was to lose a little weight and to try to get in shape, better shape. Um, and so the change target is a work in progress. Um, so the review note for physical health says, uh, physical health is improving. Let's keep working on this target for the next three months. Um, under the goal, uh, as they review the progress, uh, we find out that the person says, hey, I've lost seven pounds in the last uh, three months, and I want to keep working on this goal because I think I'm on the right track with that, right? Um, so the actions that the person was going to take three months ago um, had to do with this. Action one, get get your annual physical exam from your primary care physician, um, make meal plans and shop for, uh, shop for the meals on, uh, for the week on Sundays, um, track your food consumption daily. Uh, the fourth action step, exercise for one hour, four days a week. The fifth action step to take vitamins, medications as prescribed. And the sixth action step was to reduce pot smoking to weekends only. Um, and so this person um, actually, as we review the plan, we find out, hey, uh, last month they got their physical exam done. And so that action is finished. So that can be removed from the plan. Way to go. Um, action step two, uh, make meal plans and shop for the week on Sundays. Um, the person said, hey, I think I probably did this about two-thirds of the time, uh, but it, it works well when I do it, so I want to keep working on that. So we'll keep that in the plan for the next three months. Uh, the third action step was to track their food consumption daily. Very simple way. Um, the person says, okay, I did that about two-thirds of the time. Um, when I do that, it really helps, and so I'm going to keep that action going on my plan, too. Um, the fourth action step was to exercise for an hour, four days a week, and the person said, hey, guess what? Since I started um, doing that walking group that I found in my neighborhood, I walk with those other people. We do that every day, Monday through Friday. So I've actually been doing that five days a week, not four days a week, um, and that's also going well, so I'm going to keep going with that. And so we're going to update the plan to say, let's exercise for an hour, five days a week. How about that? The fifth action step was to take vitamins and medications as prescribed. The person said, hey, I did that all the time, 100%. Let's keep going on that because that keeps me healthy. Um, the person on action six reduced the pot smoking to the weekends only. They said, yep, I was able to accomplish that. <coughs> and as we talked about what the progress would look like from there, um, they said they thought maybe they could um, cut down their pot smoking additionally now in the next three months uh, to just one weekend a month. They're willing to try to do that. And so we'll update their, their action step to indicate that. So the services and methods that were part of this first um, target for physical health, um, last time the, in the original plan, they had 
uh, identified um, a physician visit was part of the services, the accountability with the counselor, consulting a nutritionist. Um, those were the, the original services and methods for this first part. Um, the phys physician uh, thing is done, uh, the nutritionist no longer needed. The person says they figured out what they need to buy at the store, so they're good for that. So we're gonna drop those off the plan. Um, but now we have the walking group, so we're adding the walking group into the plan. So that's the physical health target. Um, the second target has to do with mental health. Uh, the person said, yep, I think my mental health is improving. I wanna keep working in this area. Uh, their goal uh, that they wanted to work on in the area of mental health had to do with um, improve, uh, reducing their anxiety. And um, so that was their focus. And they said as they review uh, this goal um, that their anxiety is probably 50% better um, than last time. So they want to keep working on that. The first action step last time was to learn and practice relaxation for 15 minutes daily. Um, they said that they did that 100% and it's helping and they're going to keep going on that action. Uh, the second action step was to log and challenge themselves one day a week to lean in on their anxiety. Um, in other words, to not avoid the things that were making them anxious, but to kind of face them head on and challenge themselves once a week. They said that they did that and they liked that a lot. They're going to keep going on that action. Action three last time under mental health was to, to write down 10 irrational thoughts a week. And they said, hey, I was able to do that. I feel like I'm good on that. Um, so we'll consider this one done. We're going to scratch it off, remove it from the plan for next time. And we're going to put something in different. We'll show you that. Um, action four was to exercise. We already talked about that in the physical health. Um, so the same action was also going to help their mental health, which is what we find in psychology. Um, and again, we're bumping that up to five days. That's helping. Um, same thing with reduce the pot smoking. That was also up in the physical health because uh, pot smoking uh, damages your physical health and your mental health. So it was in both uh, in both target areas. Um, and as we said already, they are able to cut back to weekends, and now they're going to cut back to just one weekend a month. Um, the sixth action step under. Uh, mental health was to attend uh, Emotions Anonymous meetings. Uh, they found a Friday evening group. Um, they were doing this well. They wanted to keep going to their Emotions Anonymous meetings one day a week. Um, the new action that we're adding in place of Action 3, which was finished, the new action is to log 15 things a week that they can be thankful for. So that's what, a couple a day, uh, two or three a day gets you 15 a week. Um, gratitude is really great for our mental health, helps keep us positive, um, and it combats depression. So um, those are the action steps. Um, the services and methods will stay the same under mental health. It's the individual therapy and the 12-step group uh, to help with um, uh, anxiety issues. The third target area is spiritual health. Um, so the person said, okay, I think I'm making progress, so let's keep working on the spiritual health. Um, the goal under spiritual health was to develop their spiritual life. They feel like that that's improving, so they want to keep working on that goal. Uh, the first action step from three months ago was to uh, try to get daily prayer and meditation going. Um, and they said, as they reviewed their plan today, uh, we did this 100%, so we're going to keep this action. Um, the second action step was to go to Mass twice a week, once on Sunday and once uh, during the week. Uh, go to Confession Monthly. They said they were able to do that. They're going to keep working on that action. Uh, the third action step was to do spiritual, some type of spiritual reading 15 minutes a day. Again, they said they were able to do that. They're going to keep that action. The fourth action step was to do something kind for a stranger once a week. They said they were able to do that, and they really loved that. It made them feel good uh, helped somebody, so they want to keep doing that, um, and they decided to keep that action on their plan. They decided to add a new action for next time, which was to find uh, an annual retreat and sign up for it um, at a local retreat center. And so 
uh, they'll add that to their plan. So services and methods are uh, spiritual direction, and now they're adding another one, which is the retreat. Um, so this is uh, the uh, plan that was um, reviewed. So three months ago, review it today, and then let me see if I can um, show this new one for you. I think this is it. Let's see if I can share this one. See if we can get the technical issues going here to share this one. Yes, so this is the updated plan then. Um, so it's, you know, the date three months from the previous one. You can see that they've added the walking group and the the peer recovery supports and emotions anonymous is now in the plan. Uh, we kind of re reordered these a little bit. Uh, we updated the exercise to five days a week. Pot smoking is updated to one weekend a month. Um, so you can see how these things change and shift as we update uh, and review each each three months. Um, so instead of the irrational, 10 irrational beliefs, now we have log 15 things to be thankful for. That was the change there. And you can see that now we have uh, added the action under spiritual health, find and sign up for annual retreat. So this is the clean, new, updated plan. And then um, they make their agreement, commitment, and sign off. Uh, I was involved in designing the personal change plan. It was explained to me in a way I can understand. We discussed alternatives uh, and we agreed to work together on this plan. And so both of us would sign off there. So that's, that's what a personal change plan looks like. Um, all right, so let's go back then um, to our uh, PowerPoint so we can wrap up. Finish with Excel and now we're wrapping up. So, yep, so we're going to have smart plans with good goals and, uh, and, and uh, a few action steps. We'll keep uh, working on it each time and we'll go over it together and counseling um, to make progress together. So, uh, our season one is wrapping up now. Uh, these are the 25 episodes that we did. Um, you can find all of them on YouTube for sure. Um, most of them uh, taped okay on the podcast. There were a few technical issues with some of the podcast um, episodes because, hey, I'm not a technical person really uh, doing this podcast stuff. But uh, we gave it a good shot. I think we, we had a good season this time. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something from it. Um, and we'll take a break now for the holidays. Hope you have great holidays, uh, peaceful and healthy holidays in your recovery. And um, maybe we'll see if we get some more episodes next year in 2021. Um, so we always mention that we have a list of resources on the Grazia Plano website. There's um, resources for people that are working on uh, getting away from pornography, especially. There's a lot of resources for that. It's a big problem these days. Um, there's also, um, in, a, in a similar, very in a very close place to the resources, there's also a list of our favorite prayers. Um, those are some prayers that we like at Grazia Plena. You're welcome to check out those prayers. You can download them, I think, too. Um, it's Grazia Plena counseling.org is where you find it on the website. Each time we close with our Saint Michael the Archangel prayer because we are in a spiritual battle um, in our human life on earth. So let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Saint Michael the Archangel defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. 
May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who roam throughout the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. So we'll see about a season two for 2021. Um, but if you liked these videos and podcasts from season one, feel free to, to share with your friends. And always go back and look at the ones that you missed if you have some interest in them. Um, be sure to keep your recovery going during the holidays because the holidays are a particularly stressful time. I'm sure it will be this year with COVID especially. Um, so don't lose track of your recovery during the holidays. Keep going, press through, and you'll come out well in 2021. Um, this, this series on recovery issues is presented free for you. Uh, we don't ask for, for uh, we don't require any payments to access them. But uh, if you would like to make a payment, a donation, we're certainly happy to have you contribute because Grazia Plena is a 501c3 faith-based nonprofit charity. We don't make a lot of money. We really rely on donations to keep our services going. So we're so thankful when anybody um, wants to chip in um, and feel good about contributing to a good cause. We think it's a good cause. Um, so God bless you. Stay safe and healthy. Um, work a good recovery with God's grace. And perhaps we'll catch up with you in the future. Bye now.